0: Today we're talking all about passion and purpose and how you can make a big impact with little daily actions. Hello, Serve Scale Sower family. Oh my goodness. Today I'm super excited to have a very special guest on our show, Amy McLaren. And she has a brand new book coming out. But what I love about Amy is her heart for giving and following her purpose. So, Amy, I'm super excited to have you here today. Will you please tell my audience a little bit about who you are as a person and then also about your book and your business?
1: Yeah. So my name is McLaren. I'm a mom. I have a 10-year-old daughter that I feel is going on 16 <laughs> when she is 10. And I have an adopted little guy we adopted from South Africa and he is seven. And I run a, a charity called Village Impact. And then I also run two other passion kind of fuel businesses. One of those is a luxury Airbnb property. And the other one is a company called Lady Strength, where we bring women together to have awesome travel experiences, get out of our comfort zone and do kind of fun things together. So those are my three businesses. And when I'm not working on my businesses, I just love to hang out with friends and drink lots of tea, enjoy the odd class of wine and look at my travel schedule because I love traveling. <laughs>
0: I love that. And one of the things I love is traveling. So I think the first time I heard you speak, I really connected with you on that. And then just how driven you are to help more people. And I think that that was One of the things that really stood out is we live in such a business world. We hear all this marketing and I love marketing and I love money and I love all that. But one thing that you were is just kind of a breath of fresh air because it was so much more than any of that. It was like, how can we use this to make a bigger impact? And we hear impact a lot, but I think the way you define impact, especially in your book, makes it attainable for all of us. And I appreciate that. So some of you um, may have heard the episode on the podcast with Stu McLaren and Amy, that is his wife. And that's how I first um, found Amy is because I was at one of Stu's events and she got on to tell us about her amazing nonprofit Village Impact. And we're gonna share more about that at the end. But first I really wanna talk about I just got done reading your book and it was so good. I loved it so much. It's one of those things sometimes you get books and you're like, oh man, like I'm gonna talk about this book. And I don't even like didn't. And I just got so sucked into your book. I read it in two days. It was so good. And one of the things that I loved is all the actionable steps that you gave us. And my podcast is so actionable, and you gave us tangible ways to actually take this big concept of our passion and purpose and put it into a plan. So I really appreciate that. So First before we get started, I would love to know like how do you define passion? You defined it in your book, but I would love to hear in your own words like how do you actually define passion?
1: Yeah, so like passion for me is, you know, something that you're truly excited about. Something that like like an engagement with what you love, but it's something that you you just love doing. Like it makes me think of my daughter Marla who is obsessed with reading. She has been a reader since she was little and she probably finishes like two books in two weeks. Like she just reads all the time, but she gets lost. She gets lost in her books and like loves the story. And she's really passionate about it. Or for me, it's like, you know, when I'm skiing and I, I'll never forget when I took Stu to Whistler for the first time in BC in Canada. And we, when I go down the hill, I'm in such a zone, like such a, like, I just love it. And I'm so passionate about it. I'm like in the moment and I'm skiing down and we were skiing down and I stop and I didn't see him and I waited. And then he comes around the corner and he'd actually fallen three times, gotten back up. He was covered in snow and he's like, you didn't even wait for me. Didn't you see me? But I was, I was such in like this zone of skiing and I'm so passionate about it. I just love it that everything else seems to fall away. And I think it's different for everyone, but I do believe that we're all passionate about something. And when you're in that moment, it's like nothing else matters. It was like, I was skiing down the hill and I didn't even really know where, you know, where he was, what he was doing, but I was passionate about it. And it's the same when I travel. And for me that you just get lost in it. So passion is really something I think you could talk about forever. It's what's get you excited. It, it what gets you up every day for something you're passionate about.
0: And I think sometimes, especially in the online space and for my audience, passion is usually tied to what they're doing, how they're making money you talk about this in the book and you even said engagement in what you love and the magic pixie dust feeling that comes. And so when I was reading that, it got me thinking and I was like, oh man, and I love Disney. So I love the pixie dust (laughs) reference. But I was thinking, I was like, it took me some time journaling. Like so many times I think that my passion is my work. But once I really got into your book and realized like, that is something I'm passionate about, but that's not really my passion. So what are some tips for people that if they are like, I don't have that pixie dust moment, I don't get lost in things anymore. Like I'm a mom, I'm juggling 20,000 things. How am I supposed to get lost in something? What are some tips you have for them to figure out if they even have a passion? And I do believe we all have passion.
1: Yeah, totally. I think like you, you know, as many of your listeners and I mean, me included, like you can get lost in in life and like you said in parenting and all of a sudden you forget kind of what you're passionate about but it is still there but i think it's important to revisit it so something that i've kind of done before is done a passion timeline where you you know you take some time you sit down you take out a piece of paper really simple you draw like a straight line and you put increments of 10 up to your age and you take a minute and you go back so go back to when you were 10 go back to when you were 20 go back to when you were 30 what were some of the things you were doing when you were in your 20s? What are some of the things you were doing in your 30s? I bet there's a common thread or there's maybe some things that you have even forgot about. So that is one way. Another way is to also, you know, ask friends what, what lights you up when they see you most happy. I, I remember when um it was I was on one of my crazy adventure trips that I go on with a group of friends each year or other women, and we were driving a rickshaw down the coast of India. And in this rickshaw, every day we had to get to a hotel and it's not the ones where you like you pedal, like we actually drove it. And one of Stu's friends reached out and said, he's like, wow, he, he said, Amy is so lit up in all of her videos. You can just tell that she's so passionate about it. And beknownst to me, like I was, you know, in my element, but it came out in other ways that other people saw. Um, and for them, for other people to acknowledge that and see that was kind of affirming to myself. But sometimes I think it's important to ask friends or family, like, what do you, what do you see that lights me up? Like when do my eyes like get excited and sparkle? When am I truly smiling? Because there's this, we all know there's a smile. And then there's like that real, authentic, genuine, like really happy kind of feeling that you want to have when you're doing something you're passionate about. And I think when you go through the timeline and you look back and you get results or feedback from friends and family and from taking a moment to go back in the past, it's taking some of those pieces and try and doing it and being consistent because you've got to you've got to spend time on those things. You know what I mean? Even if it's five minutes a week or ten minutes a week, you have to find one thing that you really love, try it, and then can stick to it and be consistent with it. But then it's okay, too, because passions do change. And maybe if if you're not passionate about some of those things that were in the past, then I suggest you get out there and try something completely new. Try something that maybe you've wondered if you would like. Like, try a completely different random class. (laughs) Go with a friend. It can be great to experience new things with friends, too, um, and try it that way. But you really have to kind of think, look back, be honest with yourself, pick something, be consistent, and then... Incorporated into your life.
0: And I think sometimes too, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that just because we're doing something and we really enjoy it, like I love my business and it's definitely a passion. But when I really got down to going through your book, I was like, oh, it's actually travel. And my business allows me to travel. And my husband was like, I don't think it's travel either. He was like, I think that's part of it. But we've really started getting into it. And it's, I love to create memories and they yeah. can be my memories or create memories for other people. So it's not the actual, I love to travel, but I get lost in the planning for other people. Like I love to plan experiences that create memories for people. Part of our business is like giving women choices so they can have more choices that bring memories with their family. And so I think that sometimes we have like what we think's our passion, but if we dig down deeper, we can really get to the root of like, oh, this is actually what my passion is.
1: Yeah. It's um and I talk about this in the book that I learned from Dean Gardioski. And it was like the the seven layers deep of asking yourself why seven times to like get to that point. Cause oftentimes I think we we live on that surface level and we don't allow ourselves or we don't give us the time to actually go deeper with, with our thoughts. And it's great that you and your husband were talking about that or, or doing it with a friend and really trying to dig down, down to it.
0: I love it. As moms, we have a lot of moms that are listening to this. I think sometimes our passions take a back burner, whether that, or our purpose, whether that's, you know, we're going to put off our business until the kids are in college or out of the house, or maybe we put off like creating a course because our kid has to go to like private school and that would take away the time or the funds or whatever it is. And so for those moms listening, how have you navigated having two kids, also successful businesses yourself, the nonprofit plus your other businesses. And I'm sure that having a successful husband also is part of your time as well. So, you know, you're living a big life. And so how have you been able to still put your passions and purpose first?
1: Yeah, you know, I, it was a juggle and it didn't happen overnight because nothing happens overnight. But um, it's for me, it's all about the priority, right? Like I, I remember, a con- and I write about this in the book, and I remember a conversation that I had with Marla before. So, Marla, and my 10 year old daughter, we were snuggling in bed one night and she said to me, um, I'm like, why do you have to go? And I was leaving to go on a Lady Strength trip that I organized and to speak at Amy Porterfield's event about Village Impact. And I was like, well, and then I felt bad, right? Cause you get the mom guilt of, oh, should I be going like, and then self doubt, And You're like, oh, I am like, but Marla, I said, I said, would it be fair for me to ask you to not go horseback riding for the next, you know, six weeks? And she's like, well, I love horseback riding. And I was like, well, Marla, I said, I really love to travel and create these experiences for women. And that's really important to me. And she's like, oh, she's like, okay. So I think it's important for our children to see what's possible in our life by them watching like us live our lives because we're showing them what's possible. And so that I've been really trying to live in that mindset of, you know, doing what I can and still live a balance, but showing my kids that, you know, yes, life is about creating these awesome opportunities, but it is truly about doing what you love to do. And what I love to do is important and just as important as what they love to do as well. So what we often do is do a family calendar. We'll do, we'll set up our calendar for the year and we put our trips on it first, like things that are priority. And then the other things come in and we involve the kids in that too. And they, so they have a say on like the calendar and things they want to do. But I think it's so important to just live our life and to show them what's possible because, you know, as a parent, we're like, you know, dream big and anything's possible. And you can do this and you can try this. But if we're not being that example for those kids, and we're not showing them what's possible by living our life, how are they going to see it? Do you know what I mean? That like, we're the best teachers for them. We're like, yes, Marla has great teachers, same with Sam, but we're like, they're with us every day. And we're showing them how to show up in life and what's possible. So I kind of try to live in that mindset and then in- include them in any planning that we do as well.
0: And that seems so simple and but so radical at the same time. I think a lot of people, you're right. Our parents are our biggest impact. And we grew up a lot of us seeing our parents put us first, which shows us that we need to put our children first. And I'm not saying that's not what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but it's like the whole like oxygen on an airplane thing. You gotta put on your first, your own mask before you can help your children. And so I think it's the same thing. I found that whenever I pour into the things I love, then I'm a better mom
1: to my daughter. Like when you're really doing something you're passionate about, or you're being, you bring out the best version of yourself. Like you become this better mom, you become a better friend, you become a better customer. Like you become the best version of yourself when you're truly doing what lights you up and what you love to do. And kids feed off that they feed off everything that we do. And sometimes we think, oh, they're not listening. And you're having a conversation. Then all of a sudden, it's like, what are you talking about, mom? What happened in that? What? And it's like, oh, (laughs) I thought like I was out of it. But so they're always listening and they're watching and they watch how we show up for our friends. They watch how we show up for people in our business. So even the little things matter.
0: Yes, absolutely. And one of the concepts you talk about in the book is the, how y'all have buckets Mm -hmm. in your life and business. Can you tell us a little bit more about creating these buckets and what these buckets are?
1: Yeah. So Jonathan Fields talked a little bit about this too. And I, I, I can't remember if it was from him or from somewhere else where it was like looking at your life and putting everything in buckets. So when Stu and I organized like our year ahead or the next couple of years, we have different buckets. So we have like our bucket for giving, our bucket for health, our bucket for travel. And they're all like these different buckets that lead to like our like ideal life or our ideal year. And it's important that each of those buckets are filled with activities. So when we go to plan out our year, we look at, okay, like when we look at the calendar, one of the buckets is travel. So for, for our family, it means like a family trip. But it also means a trip from mom by herself or a trip from mom with some girlfriends because that's what fills my travel bucket. So there's like the travel bucket and then there's like the health and it's like taking care of our bodies and, and exercising and things like that. So we make sure we have that included. So I think it just breaks up an easier way to look at your life because sometimes it can, you know, it can be overwhelming, especially like yourself when you're running a business you're a mom, you're a sister, you're an aunt, and you're, you're a friend. But when you look at your life and you compartmentalize it into different buckets that are important to you, and I mean, my buckets could be different from your buckets or different from other listeners' buckets, but it's really identifying five or six buckets that are really important to you and then looking at those buckets and looking at what you need to do in each bucket to feel good and to fill it up. So maybe for filling it up for travel, that could be enough travel for me. Was it two trips or or maybe it's five, or maybe it's six. It's whatever fills it up. You you don't want to just sprinkle a bucket. You want to fill it up to the top for each of those things. So it makes life a little easier. <laughs> and then I'm a bit of a planner like you, and I like to be really organized. So I'll have our buckets, and I'll be like, okay, that that sounds good for each of those. And I mean, life changes too. Things happen, but it, it's a great place to start and to feel good about the year coming up or the time you're looking to plan.
0: So if my listeners are like, okay, I need to start evaluating like what buckets I need to fill right now, would you say it's easier to do this as a family to get started, start with your own buckets? How would you tell them to like, just get started with this?
1: Yeah. So I would definitely start with your own buckets. Always start, I think with yourself. So I have my own buckets. Stu, my husband has his buckets and then we have like family buckets. So the kids actually participate in the family ones, but then there are buckets that are like that Stu has that I'm not interested in. Like he's a big sports guy, and I, I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> into sports. And like he'll cheer on all the teams, and I've, I've never really been into that. So he's got a sports bucket, and I don't have a sports bucket. But I have like another self care bucket that I love. Do you know what I mean? So, but I think it's important to do yours, and then your hu- husband or spouse or partner could do theirs. And then you bring them together. And what we found is when we brought our buckets together, they're definitely in alignment for three or four of them where they are the same. It's like family giving back, you know, impact, those things are the same. So then we do those together, but then I think it's always important to have your own. It's like what I believe about any relationship. There's things that you really love to do as a couple, but it's so important to also have your own identity outside of your relationship. So you're you know, you do things as a couple together that you enjoy, but then you also have your thing and the spouse has his thing. (laughs) Cause it's, I just think it's, it's your own identity. Right. And I think it's also good for my kids to see that, you know, mom independent doing her own thing and dad does his thing. And it's just like a healthy balance of everything.
0: Absolutely. And then also you talk a lot about not only being defined as a mom, but having a role outside of that too. And that's something I talk about a lot as well and how I believe that's really important. And it doesn't mean that that's important to everyone. And so what feedback as a mom have you struggled with, or maybe self doubts or anything about owning having another title besides just mom?
1: Yeah. So as a, I think you you must know this because I mean, you and Stu have talked a lot. We have help at home. So I, that was a struggle for me and the identity where, you know, we decided to get help with our kids, but not, it's funny, it's not really help. It's like a house manager that helps with some laundry and some cooking, things like that. That was a bit of struggle for me at the beginning because I felt, you know, as many of your listeners are like that, maybe I should be doing that but then the most amazing thing was like after a little while you realize and this is why we did it in the first place was the time it allowed for me to be mom and spend time with my kids i was more engaged and i was more present than trying to do 5 million other things so i struggled a bit there in terms of like identity as a mom i did struggle at the beginning too i mean even before i had marla and i talk about this a little in the book where <laughs> I, I i selfishly i didn't want my life to change and I knew I always wanted kids but I was worried once Stu and I had our first that I was like going to lose that adventurous self that I had you know the adventurous Amy that had traveled over 30 countries and lived with Thai families and like done all this crazy stuff and and that took a while <laughs> that was a big struggle for me and then eventually I just you know we had Marla and I and I realized that you know they can come with us they're they're on our journey together and the, they they're just a part of our journey. And yes, life changed a little bit, but things just took a little longer or you had to change something, but they could still be part of your journey. So that that whole identity was a struggle for me, a lot of self-doubt and like, oh no, I'm not going to be this, or should I be this? And then I eventually, it was just like, no, like they can come with me on this journey. And they're a part of the journey of, of my life journey.
0: And I think one of the things that I really connected with is when you were talking about this is I had the same fears because I heard the same things as like, oh, once you have kids, you're not going to be able to travel as much. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. And I think that that brings me to the next topic, which is like, we have a lot of people and a lot of things that were said to us like that. Like when people say you can't travel once you have kids or they told us that you can't do something, you're not good at something. And then that sticks with us. And instead of being someone else's thoughts, they become ours. And in the four agreements, he talks about being impeccable with your word and how that's not just the word that we say to other people, but what we tell ourselves. And you talk about this in the book. And I think in the online space, we're not always impeccable with our words to ourselves. And so can you talk a little bit about just that negative self-talk and how you've been able to change your thought patterns or yeah. give up those old beliefs?
1: Yeah. So, um, it's, yeah, it's really like that self-doubt and belief in ourself. Right. And it reminds me of when like adopting our little guy, Sam, so we adopted Sam from South Africa. And it took eight years, it took eight years to adopt him. And it was crazy. And I had so many people tell me like the same with the traveling and kids thing. But then for this, it was, why are you waiting? Like, you should have another one of your own, like, maybe it's not meant to be and like, the voices almost became amplified, right and bigger. And it created a lot of self doubt in me. But I just kept going back to what I believed in. And kept, you know, it's kind of like an intuition of where you like, no, it will happen. I just have to like follow that inner feeling and have faith in it. And so during that time and other times I felt self-doubt it is really looking, like you said, at the situation. And oftentimes, like you mentioned, it it is sometimes other people projecting these things onto you that just aren't true. And they have those beliefs. Do you know what I mean? It's like, my friend Alyssa that was going to come with me on one of these adventure trips I have for my lady strength activity. And it was the motorcycle one where I rode across Morocco on a motorcycle. I'm like, you should come with us. It's going to be fun. And she's like, oh no, I can't. My dad said like, it's too dangerous. And I'm like, oh, but you're like, she's 24, like a lot younger than me, <laughs> but I'm like, you come. And uh, she's like, no, no, no. And then I reached out to her after I got back and she's like, you know what? I really regret not coming. And I was like, well, i like what why do you think that is she's like well she's like i think i was just listening to my dad and it turned out like her dad was saying it's dangerous and like you shouldn't go and you shouldn't travel but her dad has never really traveled internationally and so all these negative thoughts and like things about travel and things that she, he was like all kind of not dumping them on her but like sharing them with her that then made her afraid to do it but now she regretted not doing it because she listened to somebody else's fear and i think when that's happening, you've really got to kind of step back and just keep faith in yourself and listen to yourself and listen to people that have done what you've done. Oftentimes we get stuck listening to people that haven't even done what what you want to do. And like, you need to listen to that for sure. The other thing I would say is, yeah, when monitoring your self-talk is kind of watching what what you're saying to yourself and the stories that are happening and trying to reframe those things that are happening reframe the questions that you ask yourself ask yourself how how can I do this like how can I make it possible or change those thoughts to positive stories and and who you're surrounding yourself with I mean if you're finding some people are you know causing a lot of this negative self-talk within yourself maybe it's time to you know not say goodbye to that friendship but distance yourself a little or bring up other conversations that you can talk about as well for that.
0: And you talk about that in your book as well, is how it was actually Stu listening to all these podcasts and self-help books. And you were like, oh my God, I don't want to listen to that anymore. And my husband is the same way, but then he got he gets drawn in. And so it's one of those things, it does matter what you're filling your time up with, what you are putting time effort and who you surround yourself with. And so can you tell us some of the ways that you find to fill up your time with positive things?
1: Yeah. So you're right. Stu, just to add to that. So Stu, (laughs) Stu, my husband has always been into that self-development since we dated 20 years ago. And I was, and the point you're talking about in the book, just to share with your readers was, you know, we would, we would have, dates. We'd go on dates in the car and he would put on this self-development stuff. And I would literally be like, Oh, what are you listening to? And then I would put in my own headphones. Cause at that time, like, you know, we were talking, we're talking about CD players and that's like so different, right. From what it is today from our phones. And uh, I would put on music or, you know, usually it was music. It was never anything. It wasn't even an audio book. It was just music. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I realized after a while, like, he, well, maybe he is onto something. And then I started getting involved in reading it, the secret, and but then I moved on to like business books, and and I found it really made a difference. And so some of the things that I do now, and I wished almost I had done it sooner, but everyone has a different journey, a different story, right? And and sometimes it takes longer for some people to jump onto something than it does somebody else so now i do listen to podcasts quite a bit and i'll have my earphones in when i walk the dog when we're in the car we actually listen to some kids podcasts with the kids um in the car as well which has been fun and then i try to do i do audiobooks but i also try to just read physical books i think there's something about just sitting and reading a book and also for our kids to see like i don't think marla like marla loves physical books And the other day she actually said to me, and which shows me I need to do a bit more of it. She's like, mom, you're always doing your audio books. Why don't you like pick up a book? And she, she understands that it's books, but I think it's a different meaning for her when it's an actual reading a physical book. And I'm like, no, you're right. I should. So I think that's for me is like just picking up a book, reading it, listening to podcasts, and then being around, like you said, my mastermind, other positive people, And just, yeah, just trying to fill as much as I can with (laughs) positive things And, and things that are inspiring too, right? And inspire you to be a better person, like to create a better impact or different ways that I can help other people in their life.
0: And I think sometimes, especially when the other people in your life are not, they don't understand what you're doing. So most of my audience has online businesses. That's not always the easiest thing to understand, like explain to people So when they don't understand the entrepreneurship journey. It's really great to surround yourself with people who do, because then it doesn't matter if those people don't, they can love you where they're at but it gives you a place to talk about all those things that are going on in your business. It gives you space to be like, okay, this is normal for what I'm going through. I just hit this roadblock where this other person that doesn't understand entrepreneurship may tell me to quit. Why are you even still doing this? The other people that I surround myself with would tell me, no, like this is normal. Like this is just one of those things that happens. Like you have to keep on going. So it's also about just knowing that You don't always have to have people in your life that understand what you do, but you do need a circle that does understand it.
1: Oh, definitely. Like I think of our friendship kind of circles then if you will. And like, we just got together the other night with two, which was amazing because with COVID kind of a little better. It was so great to have a couple of friends over and they've been friends since our kids were little, like we've traveled with them. Like we've known them for ages, like, you know, 10, 11 years. And They are wonderful, like amazing friends, but they are, they kind of understand what we do, but I don't think totally, but they're, you know, it's a nurse and a firefighter. And so we, it's like that group of friends. And then we have, you know, our entrepreneurial group of friends that all run different businesses. And then sometimes we bring them together and we have parties together and sometimes they're different. But to what you said, it's so important to have a group or even just a few people or even two people that you could call up and have a conversation with and and share what's happening because having an online business is a little different. I mean, truthfully, I don't think my mom and dad really understand what Stu does or what I do, still to this day. And this is like 20 years later if you count, if we've been out of university that long, you know? And it 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 is hard to explain. I know Stu sometimes says, we just have a software company. And then sometimes that's just it's a good umbrella for everything else, right? But um yeah, you definitely need some people under your way are with you because it is a journey.
0: And that brings me to you talk a lot about relationships in your book and this is something that I'm very passionate about is building authentic relationships expecting nothing in return but I always say like relationships the revenue will come. Like mm-hmm. when you build those relationships not expecting anything like it may not happen overnight but usually that leads to something especially in the business world and from reading your book that was especially true when y'all were going to create village impact. So can you talk about how you create these authentic relationships and how those have helped village impact and y'all's business in general?
1: Yeah. Like re- relationships, my husband, and I always say this are the key to like, to everything really to like everything we do for our business, for ourselves. And, and nothing brings us more joy than like building strong, healthy, like great relationships and great friendships then you know when we started village impact we called on six of our friends to host a tele-seminar in those days which would be like a webinar where we asked six friends to share their predictions for the upcoming year to have a prediction call we called it and they those six friends came online and they shared their predictions what business would be look would look like in the coming year and everyone that listened paid some money, and we raised like fourteen thousand that way. But those six friends are still really great friends, and now they're some of our be- they're some of our biggest donors, and their business partners and relationships. It was like, you know, Russell Brunson who owns ClickFunnels. Like we've known him forever, and we've we had a small business with him before, like years ago. And that was before ClickFunnels, and now he's like one of our biggest donors, and still greatest friends, and still helps with the charity. And that has just built over time. I mean, even when I think of Reed Tracy, I talk about him in the book too. The CEO of Hay House, who's publishing the book, he has been a mentor for Stu and I for so long, and he he was the one that um you know kept encouraging me to write the book, and I was like, no, not yet. I don't feel ready. I not yet, not yet. And then finally, I submitted the book proposal. To them, and uh, obviously now the book's coming out. But I mean, that's a relationship that has grown over time as well. And I think one one tip that I would have when building a relationships is building kind of a win win relationship. Where I learned from one of our mentors, John Childers, many years ago, is when you have a relationship with someone, you always want that person to feel like they have like the better end of the deal, or they have they've come out on top, if that kind of thing. Where because it's that's what you just build and you give, and the purpose is to, to give as much as you can and to help as much as you can. like we're, we're in our businesses to have an impact not only you know for the world or through Kenya through the charity, but to also to help people have an impact in their community, because you know, money is great, but seeing the impact that you can have abroad or seeing the impact you can have in somebody's life by building healthier relationships is worth more than, <laughs> worth way more than money, if that makes sense.
0: And one of the pieces that I pulled out is how you talked about impact and you talked about daily acts of kindness. And I Mm -hmm. thought this was so beautiful of different ways that we can just make impact every single day that it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to have a course with a thousand students or 10,000 students. It starts with our daily actions. And so I loved that you gave some examples, but can you tell my audience some ways that you and your family just do these daily acts of kindness to make an impact in your communities?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I like to think of impact too, as I talk about it in the book as well, a little bit in regards to like legacy, right? It's like building a an office, for example, and putting your name on it is wonderful. But I think building a legacy or having an impact is built over time. It's the little things that we do every day that creates the big impact and leaves the legacy. So for us as a family, it's always important to, you know, be kind and to give back and kind of show our children that we're doing that and to involve them in that as well. So Of course, there's the simple ones, please and thank you. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I can't tell you how many times I've been at Tim Hortons or Starbucks and people come up and they're just like, double, double, or like, espresso or whatever they're having. And it's like, does it take two seconds to say please or to say thank you? (laughs) Like, no, right? We all at Christmas time, what we like to do is we go out and usually Christmas Eve and we'll um, go to a local Tim Hortons and we'll, pay like a 500 or like an amount on a gift card. And we say, we want, to, we want to pay for everyone that comes in for their tea and coffee and donuts. And we'll kind of sit at the back and like watch people come in. And then the kids get to watch the expression on the kids, like the family's faces when they think that it's paid for. Some of the other things we do is we've been behind in the grocery store and been behind somebody and pay for their groceries ahead. But anonymously, they don't again, know that it's us. We like to do a big surprise every year. We call them a super surprise where we take a friend on a trip somewhere that they haven't been before. And then sometimes it's, you know, it's not about big extravagant things or money, it's about our time. It's about showing up and offering to take the kids for an evening, like if a friend that's like or a mom that's burnt out and so tired. It's just showing up to say, "Hey, I'll take the kids for you tonight or I'll make dinner for you or baking cookies for the neighbors next door or just always thinking of other people. I know, um, we, we just got back from living in BC for six months and my kids really missed our dog, like really missed Callie, our puppy. Well, our big dog now. So we would go across the street and walk taco, this other dog taco for this older lady that lived across the street, Pat, because she was on oxygen and couldn't get out very much. And so we would walk taco all the time. But then when we left, we got her a little gift and, It's just, it's always thinking of others. So we try to thread it in as much as we do. We also, which I've really enjoyed this past year, is writing thank you cards on Sundays. So we'll hand write some cards as a family and sit down and write some thank you notes and pop them in the mail. Because I think these days we're all on text and video that there's something great about getting something in the mail, right? Um, So the kids will write up one or two thank yous for somebody. And I think it's important with that where it's like, it's not just thank you for a gift. Sometimes it's just, you know, thank you for being my friend or thank you for showing up when I needed you. Or, you know, thank you for making me feel really great when we had that experience together, whatever it may be. So those are some things we do as a family.
0: And I think one of the most beautiful things about that is, one, I just received a thank you card in the mail from you, and I was like, "Oh, this is so nice!" Like it's so (laughs) nice to get stuff in the mail that's not like junk or a bill. Exactly. So it does put an impression on people. But then also, this phrase has always stuck with me, and it—I heard it. Have no idea who said it, but money doesn't change people; money amplifies people. Yeah. And you talk about in the book "Money Mindset" a little bit and uh, what that means, and I feel like because of the kindness that y'all do probably before you both had successful businesses or anything like that, you were already doing these kind things. Mm -hmm. And now with the success of your businesses and Village Impact and not Village Impact in this way of bringing in money, but like you're able to give back so much more and the money didn't change people. It gives you a chance to have a bigger impact on your community, on the world. And I think so many people are afraid to make more money because it's Mm going to change them or it's evil. And you talk about this in your book, but it's a way to amplify the person you already are. And so if Mm -hmm. you're a good person now, you're going to be a good person. If you have more money, you just have, you'll be able to give more back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know Stu talks about this a lot too. And we both agree that, you know, Money is just a vehicle to having a greater impact. Like you said, it amplifies who you are. It just, you can do so much good with money. Like there's nothing wrong with making money. It's amazing. Like we were actually in the car the other day with the kids and we, we, we talk about them with like pretty much everything, right? And so we were, you know, talking about my Airbnb that I started and that I really love to do. And we were talking about, you know, well, my daughter was like, well, how come they pay you? And I said, well, they, you know, people rent it to stay and then mom tries to make it a really great experience. So then they come back and they, you know, and we can, we can do things like that. And no, but money, money really is a good thing. It totally amplifies who you are. And I think you're right. We've always kind of done things like that. I mean, I, I've been very grateful to grow up in a family where at, I can count Christmases where my my mom would invite strangers to our house because these people didn't have anywhere to go or they didn't have anywhere at Christmas time. Like we we're always taking in dogs and cats that they didn't have a good home. Or we were at the the homeless shelter at soup kitchens. Like it was something I've done since I was little. And it's definitely been a common thread in my life, like from when I was little to where I am today. And then after you know, meeting Stu, he grew up very similar to myself. So I think it was, we just combined it together. And now we, you know, it is a part of our life and absolutely nothing wrong with making money because the more, like my husband always says, the more money that you make, the more impact that you can have in an amazingly positive way.
0: And I think the other thing is not everyone grows up in households that you know, you have giving families or it just didn't feel possible to give or to make an impact. But writing a card doesn't take any money. Like the stamp is all it takes or saying thank you or please like our three-year-old knows to say those things. And so, and if it's not something that you're doing now, it doesn't mean you can't change that and start doing it. Because sometimes like these things, if we don't grow up with them, they're not part of like I have friends that I go out with and it kills me because they don't say thank you or please. Are <laughs> you not, right? But my husband always says, Brindy, they didn't grow up saying that. Like You have to like, give them a pass. It's not in their norm. And so we can start to change these behaviors and make it part of our norm. And so I don't think that we can use that as an excuse. And this is a great time to start doing those little things to put it as a habit.
1: It's kind of in a sense why I wrote the book because so my, when I would speak on stage, most of the time was due because I'm not i'm I'm learning to be in front I'm usually the person behind handling all the details and like moving the ship forward <laughs> but like with the book I'd get a lot of people ask like how did we start the charity or how did we do this or that but i I really want people to know it's not about like starting a you know a big company or starting a charity it's about the little things like you said it's the little things that matter and You can have an impact, just like you said, starting today, saying please and thank you, showing up for someone more consistently, like, you know, sitting on a board of directors for a charity that, you know, you really loved in the past. Like, you can still make a change and still have a positive effect by doing those things as well.
0: I love that. And so this is a great segue into Village Impact. And I heard August will be two years since I heard you speak on stage about Village Impact. And I'll be honest, a lot of our listeners don't know, but in college, my degree was in history and international relations with a minor in um, African studies. And I won't went to law school and I was going to be an international attorney and like save the world type deal. And so when, uh, and charities get brought up a lot when you're studying Africa and international relations. And so when you got up, I will be honest and be like, I was kind of like, eh, like probably not going to donate to this cause just because I had my preconceived Feelings about what this was going to be, and so once you were up on stage, I didn't tune you out. I still listened, and you completely changed my opinion of. I'm not going to donate to. Oh my gosh, I'm going to scream this from the r- rooftop. So, can you talk about what is Village Impact? How is Village Impact ran differently than most charities? Because this isn't a blanket term. Yeah. Like I don't want to say that, but how is Village Impact different? How is it ran yeah. with you?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. So, Village Impact, we started it like 10 years ago, and we are really community led. And I am the big believer that we should never go to change another country, change another culture. Like, that's not what it's about at all. And so, growing up, like, as I have mentioned, we traveled a lot. In my 20s, I lived with Thai families overseas. I volunteered at refugee camps, and I just, I, I love, and I still love to this day, like being involved in local communities and learning from other cultures and being a part of that culture. And that's just kind of stayed with me. And then when we built Village Impact, it was the same, it was the same thing. So we were helping in Kenya, but we're very community led. So when we build a school for Village Impact, so we have built 14 schools now, and each time we build a school we partner with the government. So it's never reliant or dependent on a donor. It's more a community partnership. It's something that we do together. So for example, we build one of our schools, the government funds the school and kind of takes it over from there. We partner with a local NGO on the ground that helps us facilitate it. And then we have a little team for Village Impact. And a lot of our initiatives come from our team. Like It's all led from the Kenyan community. And then we kind of work together to help fundraise the money to make it happen. But I'm a really big believer in working together and learning from each other and being community led. And that's, um, it's always been important to us. And it's number one priority, not on our list, but on um, within our organization.
0: And I love that. That's one of the big things that I was like, this is different. And It was something that hearing your story and then uh, seeing the pictures, I think that's the big thing is like, it's not, it's one thing to just talk about it, but to see the impact y'all are having. And we've talked about like how some of the students, they go on field trips because of village impact, and they've never even seen a fork until they go on the field trip and stuff like that is stuff that we take for granted every single day. And then to be able to hear the stories that you've shared have really impacted like the causes that we want to give to and village impact is definitely one of those. And so I know this is going back to the money and the bigger impact, but can you tell us with your book coming out, how is the book going to directly impact village impact?
1: Yeah, so thanks for asking. So, the, all the proceeds from the book will go to Village Impact, and we're putting the, the money towards our first girls school. And this has actually came about again from conversations and our team on the ground and the NGO and the government that we work with. And there's this one area um, called Nabasha, and it's just outside of that. And there's been a lot of girls dropping out and not going to school because they get, well, their periods. And then there's actually been a lot of like violence and different things where the community is actually asked to build an all girls high school because it would create a better opportunity for women and the women would stay in school longer. So we've kind of followed their lead and to build our girls school um, and that'll be our 15th school. So all the proceeds from the book are, will lead into that project.
0: I love that. And so one of the things that we want to do to support this, because when Stu told us what was going on and why y'all wanted to build a girl's school, I just looked at my husband and like, broke down. And I was like, we have to help in some way. And so one of the things that we want to do for all of our listeners, we're going to set up a page where any donations you make for, I said till the end of September, but we'll actually do till the end of December, any donations that are made through our page, I'm going to match up to a thousand dollars. So if you donate $10, we'll donate 10 as well. If you donate a thousand, we'll donate a thousand and we're going to match all those donations for the rest of the year. And then if you're like, well, I just want to buy the book, let us know, send us your receipt and we're going to also buy a book and give it to someone who could use this book. So some way, shape or form, you can help out with village impact. And then we want to double that. So that's one way that we want to help. This is something that I 100% stand behind. And I've I've met Amy twice in person at two different events where I've donated. And it's something that I can say that it's going to a really good cause.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. That's amazing. And thank you to everyone listening, um, hearing the story and um, just thank you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm
0: yeah, and so, for anyone who's listening, is there anything that you want to end this conversation with, or that you just want to talk about finding their purpose or even village impact?
1: Yeah, I would just you know what? I think it's all it's all about just committing to yourself to follow something you're passionate about because I think when you follow something you're passionate about, It leads to your purpose, but it also leads in that process to a better version of yourself. So I just encourage every listener out there to just, just pick one thing. You don't have to pick five things. Just pick one tiny thing that you truly love to do and implement that into your life. Whether it's five minutes a week, 10 minutes a week, just be consistent at it. Pick one thing and reach out to me and share share what you did. I'd love to hear how you've changed.
0: I love that. And where can our listeners connect with you?
1: Yeah. So you can find me at Amy Dow McLaren on Instagram. And then I also have com is there as well. And then village impact, obviously.
0: I love that. And we'll link up all these links for you in the show note. And if you go to com forward slash village impact, we will get you all the information on how we will be matching your donations. Awesome. It's Thank amazing. you. Y'all that was so good. Amy McLaren shared with us So many great actionable steps that we can put into our daily practice by just doing kind things each and every single week or day for people. It doesn't have to cost money. It's just the act of being generous and being a better person all around. We talked about our relationship with money. We also talked about how to find our passion when maybe that pixie dust isn't coming and maybe we've lost track of it since becoming a parent and how we can address being a mother, and following our passion. And when we fuel ourselves, we can fuel those around us. We also discussed how you can make a bigger impact with donating to Village Impact or by purchasing one of Amy's books and how we're going to match every single one of your donations from now till the end of the year. So when you head to brandymouse.com forward slash Village Impact, you can either pick up Amy's new book, Passion to Purpose, or... You can make a donation. No donation is too small and we will be mashing every single donation up to $1,000. I cannot wait to see what daily actions you decide to take to make a bigger impact and follow your purpose. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale SOAR podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.